I found Ismay in a rage in the kitchen. She had been up in the garret, and a mouse had run across her foot. Mice always get on Ismay's nerves. We need a cat badly enough, she fumed, but not a useless pampered thing like Fatima. That garret is literally swarming with mice. You'll not catch me going up there again. Fatima did not prove such a nuisance as we had feared. Hulda Jane liked her, and Ismay, in spite of her declaration that she would have nothing to do with her, looked after her comfort scrupulously. She even used to get up in the middle of the night and go out to see if Fatima was warm. Max came in every day, and, being around, gave us good advice. Then one day, about three weeks after Aunt Cynthia's departure, Fatima disappeared, just simply disappeared as if she had been dissolved into thin air. We left her one afternoon, curled up asleep in her basket by the fire, under Hulda Jane's eye, while we went out to make a call. When we came home, Fatima was gone. Hulda Jane wept and was as one whom the gods had made mad. She vowed that she had never let Fatima out of her sight the whole time, save once for three minutes when she ran up to the garret for some summer savory. When she came back, the kitchen door had blown open and Fatima had vanished. Ismay and I were frantic. We ran about the garden and through the outhouses and the woods behind the house like wild creatures, calling Fatima, but in vain. Then Ismay sat down on the front doorsteps and cried. She's got out and she'll catch her death of cold and Aunt Cynthia will never forgive us. I'm going for Max, I declared. So I did, through the spruce woods and over the field as fast as my feet could carry me, thanking my stars that there was a Max to go to in such a predicament. Max came over and we had another search, but without result. Days passed, but we did not find Fatima. I would certainly have gone crazy had it not been for Max. He was worth his weight in gold during the awful week that followed. We did not dare advertise lest Aunt Cynthia should see it, but we inquired far and wide for a white Persian cat with a blue spot on its tail and offered a reward for it. But nobody had seen it, although people kept coming to the house night and day with every kind of cat in baskets, wanting to know if it was the one we had lost. We shall never see Fatima again, I said hopelessly to Max and Ismay one afternoon. I had just turned away an old woman with a big yellow tommy, which she insisted must be ours. Cause it come to our place, mum, a yowlin' fearful mum, and it don't belong to nobody not down Grafton way, mum. I'm afraid you won't, said Max. She must have perished from exposure long ere this. Aunt Cynthia will never forgive us, said Ismay dismally. I had a presentiment of trouble the moment that cat came into this house. We had never heard of this presentiment before, but Ismay is good at having presentiments after things happen. What shall we do? I demanded helplessly. Max, can't you find some way out of this scrape for us? Advertise in the Charlottetown papers for a white Persian cat, suggested Max. Someone may have one for sale. If so, you must buy it and palm it off on your good aunt as Fatima. She's very short-sighted, so it would be quite possible. But Fatima has a blue spot on her tail, I said. You must advertise for a cat with a blue spot on its tail, said Max. It will cost a pretty penny, said Ismay dolefully. Fatima was valued at one hundred dollars. <sighs> we must take the money we have been saving for our new furs, I said sorrowfully. There's no other way out of it. It will cost us a good deal more if we lose Aunt Cynthia's favor. She is quite capable of believing that we have made away with Fatima deliberately and with malice aforethought. So we advertised. Max went to town and had the notice inserted in the most important daily. We asked anyone who had a white Persian cat with a blue spot on the tip of its tail to dispose of, to communicate with M.I., care of the enterprise.
we really did not have much hope that anything would come of it, so we were surprised and delighted over the letter Max brought home from town four days later. It was a typewritten screed from Halifax, stating that the writer had for sale a white Persian cat answering to our description. The price was a hundred and ten dollars, and if M. I. cared to go to Halifax and inspect the animal, it would be found at 110 Hollis Street by inquiring for Persian. "'Temper your joy, my friends,' said Ismay gloomily. "'The cat may not suit. The blue spot may be too big or too small or not in the right place. I consistently refuse to believe that any good thing can come out of this deplorable affair.' Just at this moment there was a knock at the door, and I hurried out. The postmaster's boy was there with a telegram. I tore it open, glanced at it, and dashed back into the room. "'What is it now?' cried Ismay, beholding my face. I held out the telegram. It was from Aunt Cynthia. She had wired us to send Fatima to Halifax by express immediately. 